Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 81. Today, I'm interviewing Claire Baker. Claire is a menstrual coach whose passion is educating women about their cycles, hormones, and unique monthly patterns. It's only been in the past year or two that I realized that my period was more than a dreaded week each month. It's an entire cycle with four distinct phases, and the week we bleed is just one of those phases. Through experiencing adrenal fatigue that affected literally every aspect of my life, from my energy to my emotions to my work focus to my sex drive, learning about my four-season cycle not only gave me back my health, but helped me to understand why I feel how I feel at different times of the month. I know this can be an awkward topic for some, but if you want to experience clarity and understanding about your own life, this is the key. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Okay, so Claire, hello. I could not be more excited to have you on the podcast today. Oh, Jessica, likewise. Thrilled to be here. This is going to be so good. Okay, so you are an incredibly helpful menstrual educator with resources, courses, and the book 50 Things You Need to Know About Your Period to Your Name. Now, I have to admit that I did not know more than the, I mean, the very basics of even that about my cycle until early 2019, maybe maybe mid-2019. It it wasn't that long ago. Um, So like a lot of people, I basically just thought my cycle, what I didn't even really refer to it as a cycle. I just thought of it as like that dreaded week every month, you know, where you had your period. And I'm sure a lot of listeners are a lot like that, you know? So um, I know we're going to dive into everything, but tell me just about what you do, because I'm sure people ask you what you do and you tell them and they're like, I'm sorry, what? Um, <laughs> but how you found your passion for this topic? Yeah, I definitely get that response quite a lot, <laughs> which I get, you know, that talking about menstrual cycles and periods is still quite taboo and there's certainly a stigma that surrounds the work and there's just a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation what you just described then of feeling like well having the understanding that you just have the one week that you're bleeding when you're on your period and then the rest is kind of the same I think that's a one of the biggest misconceptions that I come across in my work and I'm sure we will talk more about that Um, but I discovered my passion for this work through my own personal struggles and challenges with my cycle. Um, I think a lot of people that come into healing spaces and teaching spaces, it is often through having overcome like personal struggles, right? And for me, that's how I came to this work. So I'd been on hormonal contraception right through my teens into my mid-20s and I had been taking birth control for 10 years when I decided that I wanted to stop taking it and just see what happened, get to know my body, get to know my natural cycle. And I stopped taking the pill and um, my period just vanished. It just didn't come back for 12 months. So for an entire year, I was waiting for my cycle to return. And in that time, I was diagnosed with um a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was, to be honest with you, like quite concerned that I had permanently damaged my reproductive system, which you know, I haven't. Spoiler alert, it's fine. But um, 
yeah, it was a, it was a strange year of kind of waiting for my cycle to return, but also not really knowing what I was waiting for because I didn't actually know anything about the menstrual cycle beyond my period, and I didn't know that there were these four hormonal phases of the cycle. I didn't know about ovulation. I didn't understand what I needed to do in order to take the best care of my body so that it was able to menstruate successfully. So I went on a huge personal journey of learning everything that I could about the menstrual cycle and female hormones. And um, I took lots of workshops and lectures and classes. And at the same time, I was already working as a health and life coach with women. And so as I was learning this information about my menstrual cycle, and once my period finally did come back after 12 months of waiting, I was implementing all of this work in my own life, but also working with my clients. So as I began to notice the way that the fluctuations of estrogen and progesterone in my body affected my mood, my focus, my physical energy levels, how I was sleeping, like even my self-doubt patterns, I began to integrate this awareness with my clients because it just made so much sense to me that we needed to have a a lens of the menstrual cycle, like using the menstrual cycle as a lens to understand the personal development goals that my clients had or the health and fitness goals that they had. Because I was I was observing within myself and everything that I was learning that expecting um women or people who have periods to maintain a uh, a linear like approach to life was just so unreasonable you know I realized how inconsistent I really was from week to week that my energies did change and my desires did change and the food that I wanted to eat did change my creative output changed and that was okay and actually something to celebrate so that's really where it began for me was definitely a personal uh, journey but then integrated with with my clients and seeing so quickly the results that they had when they began tracking their cycles and charting their unique patterns as well and then realizing that by working with their cycle and working with their hormones rather than trying to push against them by being the same every single day of the month that they were living with more ease and more flow and, and more easily achieving the things they wanted in their life as well. I think it's really fascinating because I think sometimes we get a little curious about something and we go to look something up thinking, you know, we're going to get an answer and we'll move on. But sometimes we go down this rabbit hole where we just can't stop. And is that kind of what happened to you when you were learning about this? You just started learning more and more and went, wait a minute, wait a minute, that? I didn't know that. And then you just keep researching and digging for more information. Yeah, rabbit hole is... The right word. I still feel like I'm in that rabbit hole. It's been seven years and I, or more longer now, almost eight since I came off hormonal contraception. And it has just, I could have just had no choice in the matter. I've, I often um, share with people that there was a lot of resistance actually on my end from a career perspective of wanting to, um, of really not wanting to be known as that coach that just talks about periods all the time. Like I resisted it for a really long time. I was doing a lot of work with clients around their menstrual cycle and even teaching workshops on the cycle, but I was still adamant for quite a long time that I didn't want to be, you know, a period coach. Um, but I've got to tell you, I just had no choice in the matter. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I finally accepted and you know and very humbly accepted that oh yeah this is my path I can't tell you how rewarded I have felt and how much I now love this work and I can't imagine ever not doing it but there was definitely like a period of time where I was like going down the rabbit hole still but I kind of had my heels dug in a bit (laughs) sure definitely so for me what happened with me is that I um and I and I talk about this in my book sleeping with a stranger but I had just you know, I, my husband had gotten ill and I had um, a two-year-old daughter and newborn twin boys. And my husband, who was a financial advisor who had taken care of us, gets sick, loses his job. Mm. And I kind of have to like do everything. And I spent a few years just just going at a speed that was not normal, you know, and doing everything. And by the time I finally 
looked in the mirror. <laughs> I was like, something is not right because I just was so tired all the time. I finally, you know, I started doing things like I got a nutritionist and I was working out, but then there was just still, I was exhausted all the time. And I finally started working with a, with a doctor, a holistic doctor in California. And one of the first questions she asked me is, are you on birth control? And I was like, yeah, what, what does that have to do with it? Like I've been on birth control since I was 18. And she said, okay. She said, we're going to come back to that in a minute. She asked me more questions. And then one of the questions she asked was probably the question that I hated most, which was, um, how's your sex life? Because my husband had had this illness. And, you know, one of the things that I don't think people really talk about is, um, first of all, when you have, you know, newborn twins, there's probably not a lot of sex going on. And then also on top of that, you know, having a husband who's in and out of the hospital and all of that, there's just not a lot of sex going on. And I just told her, I said, uh, it's, it's very infrequent. Like, no, you know, I think it was, you know, a year ago and maybe before that eight months ago, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, and she just, and I expected Claire this answer, this response of like, oh, honey, we've all been there. Or, mm-hmm. you know, just this like kind, <laughs> you know, I would have even, you know, gone for clinical silence. But I I got, Jessica, why on earth have you not had sex in eight months or a year or whatever? And I just was like, did you not hear everything I just said? And she just was like, oh, that is not healthy. And we need to talk about this. And we started, she started sharing with me about birth control and how, and she said how there are four seasons. And by the way, Claire, this is what made so much sense to me. Because I think sometimes people hear this stuff and they think it's so far out or like hippie or I don't know the the correct term. Um, but but for me, when she said this, it made so much sense to me. She said, you have been in an eternal autumn. That birth control has put you in an eternal autumn. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said how our cycle has these four seasons and um, that everything that I had done, everything I had built in my business or whatever I had done in this autumn phase. And I thought when we got done talking, I thought, well, gosh, if I've done all this in autumn, like I want to know what it's like to be in spring and summer, you know, and that's really what kind of got me as a, as a kind of a go-getter. I was just like, okay. And I mean, I went, she said, well, we'll talk next month about you going off birth control. Well, I hung up the phone and threw those pills in the trash and I've never taken them again, um, which probably wasn't the smartest thing. I probably should have listened to her and done it the way she told me to, but I like, no, I'm done. And man, that's when I started researching and I found you and it has been so eye-opening and so like, I don't know why we are not taught this in school. I have no idea. It's, it's so, it's maddening. It is maddening. What a gift that practitioner was. I, to be honest with you, don't hear many stories uh, like that, actually. Um, What a blessing she was for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Absolutely. But it makes me mad as a as a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a woman and this stuff is going on inside of me and I haven't really learned about it. And you know, once we if we don't know any better, we don't know to research something. We don't know, you know, that there's something missing or lacking. We do what we're told, you know, quite often. And it just made me mad that that I had never learned this or that this wasn't taught to me. And so the first kind of inkling I get of it, I just, you want to talk about a rabbit hole. I mean, just went down and tried to learn all I could. So can you kind of explain a little bit more about those four phases of our cycle and how they can correlate with summer, autumn, winter, and spring? And there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast and a lot of women who are, you know, working moms are also, you know, entrepreneurs themselves and how you can really kind of match your productivity, you know, with your cycle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you just said, Jessica, why weren't we taught this in schools? And it's often when people say to me, like, what advice would you give to your you know, 14 or 15 year old self, I would just want to share with her the understanding that your menstrual cycle is not just having your period. Like I was given enough information as a teen to manage my period, right? Like I knew how to 
use a pad and a tampon, et cetera. And um, I could expect to get my period every 28 days, but I was never told that there were these four distinct hormonal phases or seasons of the menstrual cycle. And I just, I would love to be able to go back and to give my teenage self that information, even my early 20 year old self, you know, I came to this understanding when I was 26 and yeah, that was over a decade of, of having a menstrual cycle before then that I completely missed out on this information. So I'm always happy to share it because it really is uh, life changing. So we have these four distinct hormonal phases or inner seasons in the menstrual cycle. And one of those is is your period. So that's when you're bleeding, menstruating, and that correlates with like the winter phase of your menstrual cycle. And this is a time when hormone levels are at their lowest for the entire cycle. Um, you know, your body's in the physiological process of releasing your uterine lining. So it makes sense if you notice your energy levels might be a bit lower in that time. You might feel like just sort of taking it easy and maybe having some time out and just resting and and relaxing. And that's actually okay. It's It may not always be possible to rest when you're bleeding, but it is normal to notice that your body may not be at its like peak self at that time. So that's the winter phase. And I like to encourage people as much as possible to just take your foot off the gas. So maybe you still have the same schedule and responsibilities, of course, like, you know, we can't just pressed up on everything when we have our period. But maybe there are some things that you could delegate or maybe there are some things that you could just not do for a couple of days. Like, you know, do you need to go to the gym at 6 a.m. on the first day of your cycle and have a huge day of work and go out for dinner with friends that night? Like maybe there are a few things in there that could be taken off your plate just for a couple of days. Um, And I can sometimes feel scary to do that to say no and to um to take it easy and to to really up the self-care and prioritize ourselves but if there is one phase in the menstrual cycle that I encourage people to prioritize themselves and to nurture their relationship with themselves and to just give themselves a bit of a break it is that that's that phase that winter phase so once winter is over and we stop bleeding we then move into our spring phase and we can liken this to sort of blossoming phase if you think about spring in the year the flowers are coming out on the trees the days are getting longer and lighter and there's this sort of sense of anticipation in the air and a building of energy and people are coming out of their homes it's like we're coming out of the period cave here and estrogen one of our female sex hormones is increasing day by day, hour by hour during this phase. And this surge in hormones here does give us this like lovely kickstart of energy. And there's this sort of wave of momentum that can carry us up and out of our winter phase and, and well and truly up into the pre-ovulatory phase of the cycle. We're building up to ovulation here. So spring can definitely be a great time to get things started. It's always the phase that I am like surrounded by post-it notes and to-do lists and my calendar and I'm in planning mode and getting things moving, getting projects started. Um, It can be a very productive phase. And and if you are somebody who maybe struggles to get projects off the ground creatively, like this is the time to really optimize that. It's a great time to start a new like fitness plan or self-care routine. And yeah, for a lot of people, they like a lot of women really love this phase understandably then we move into the summer phase of our menstrual cycle and this is the fertile phase um, in the menstrual cycle it's when we're ovulating so we're releasing an egg those levels of estrogen have now reached their peak so hormones are at the highest levels we get a bump of testosterone too and that hormonal combination it lends itself to what I call the superwoman energy. So this really is the phase of the cycle that you probably can do everything and be everything to everyone. This is the phase of the cycle where your energy is probably going to be higher, your generosity, resilience, patience, turn on, like you were just just talking about libido, Jessica. Like one of the first things that I noticed when I came off the pill and started bleeding again was that my libido returned. 
um, like you, I Same. just didn't really have, I just didn't really have one. My husband was like, I'm sorry, what just happened? Like, yeah. who are you and where? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I got off that birth control and it wow. was, it, I mean, it was almost instantly too. Yes. How quickly it happened. It is. It's incredible, isn't it? And I hear this so frequently as well. You I have, just feel alive again. Like yeah. that feels weird. It's not just about the sex. You just feel, you feel like you've been on a dimmer switch mm. and you don't feel like that when you're in it. You don't feel like you're dim, but it's like, once I got off of it, I felt like my, like all the lights were turned on and like a music started and like there was a party, you know? Yeah, I often describe it as going from like black and white TV to Technicolor. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> like you don't realize, as you say, when you're in it. I, I just, yeah, I was. I look back and I see a, a woman in her early twenties who had a lot of self doubt and a lot of um, self criticism and and very confused and unsure of who I was. And I, and yeah, in long term relationships and just blaming my lack of libido for just that's just what happens when you've been in a long-term relationship right like that's just what I was telling myself right exactly yep don't want sex and then yeah like you I noticed right away I think it's one of the first things that I noticed was that oh right like having a natural menstrual cycle is a completely different experience to being on the pill and libido and ovulation and this new wetness of Mm -hmm. cervical fluid like I had you know when you're on hormonal contraception you're not ovulating it suppresses ovulation that's how it works to prevent pregnancy so experiencing ovulation for the first time in a decade was just like absolutely phenomenal and you know what like almost eight years later it still is I just am always so in awe of my ovulatory self and just how much I can not only do but also give and how connected I can be with people and how yeah like how alive I feel at that time it's not an energy I want would want to be in all of the time because I think I'd burn out but sure there is something just really magical about that summer phase of the cycle, you know, and it only lasts for maybe a week. I know. But I love it. You know, I love it when I'm in it. And the transient nature of it, I think, does help to really, like, be grateful for it when you're in it and to optimize it and to um, to know when it's happening so that you can schedule more, like, group work for that time or schedule time with, your, with a partner. I've got a client who has um, – she also has twins and her and her partner always make well, sure. God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rare club. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> they always make sure that when they schedule a weekend away, that they're scheduling it for her summer week when she's ovulating, because that's when she's going to feel most like having sex and being connected to him. And they call it her rabbit week, which I just love because that's hysterical. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's like great. And like, and that's that's just one example of how we can begin to just work with the cycle more. Um, it doesn't have to mean overhauling your everyday routine by any means, but just having that awareness and making some shifts can make a huge difference. And certainly in the next week, which brings us into the, the fall of the menstrual cycle um, or the autumn, and it is the premenstrual week of the cycle. So this takes us from ovulation back down again to menstruation. And so the hormone progesterone here kicks in and progesterone is there to support a potential pregnancy. So where estrogen was all about in that first half, in these first couple of phases was about building up to the fertile phase and getting us out of the house and like feeling fabulous and feeling sexy and turned on and like we want to see people. Progesterone is much more interested in keeping us safe and uh, it wants us to kind of stay home and be more cozy and sleep more and it's a soothing hormone and it does um, it does feel different in the body to how estrogen feels and so if say we try to keep up that superwoman energy from the past week into our autumn week then yeah we're going to probably have a bit of a hard time because the body is trying to slow down you know it's building up to menstruation here now and things the gears are shifting down and if we're 
staying at that high energy, then certainly that can manifest in premenstrual symptoms, feeling frustrated, feeling impatient, um, lots of emotional ups and downs, and it can be a tricky time for some people. But it can also be a really powerful time. And I work with a lot of women who actually love this phase of the cycle because they get to take time for themselves. They've learned how to set boundaries. They know when they need to say no and take time for themselves. And they they tell me that they feel like their true selves in this phase of the cycle because all of that generosity and you know all of the lovely like rose-colored glasses of the ovulatory phase have, have come off now and actually now it's time to be real and to ask some big questions mm. of themselves like what is working in my life what isn't working in my life who am I what do I really want which direction am I going it's a natural point for reflection and for introspection and so sometimes yeah I love this phase um and it does feel great other times it can be tough if um if I haven't got that space if I've been, for whatever reason, unable to take it, unable to slow down. So it is really important in charting your cycle to be aware of of how that premenstrual week is for you. I think it's the most misunderstood and, and mismanaged phase of the cycle. And then that takes us back down to the winter phase again, and we begin to bleed. And we begin the cycle all over again. And in our menstruating years, we'll just continue to move through that cycle every month-ish. Um, and it's, it's so powerful to understand how these four phases work. Here's what I think is fascinating. Thank you for, for explaining all of that. What I think is fascinating is, first of all, I really was in an eternal autumn. And, and I, I was great at boundaries. But what you said was like I was constantly in this place of reflection. What do I want? What do I need? What can I do better? What do I not want? And I I wasn't even having fun anymore. You know what I mean? It was just this constant kind of um, almost isolated um, space that I had been in. And it was all the time. And that makes sense, you know, now that I know what I know. But what I find so fascinating is that really what it does is it gives me permission to not, you know, to not beat myself up and go, gosh, I was so like, how come last week I was so productive? And now this week, I'm just not like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I? Why is it so hard for me to like respond to these emails when last week I was, you know, crushing him or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like, no, this actually makes sense. Because and now what I do is I basically plan my productivity around my cycle or I sync it with it because I know I'm not going to do a podcast recording in winter. That's just not, I'm not going to be my best self. Um, I'm going to do my, you know, my numbers and my stuff with my CPA in autumn. I'm going to be doing my podcast recordings or any kind of speaking gig or something like that in spring or summer. You know, like I know now when people ask me to do something, I can look at a calendar and go, ah, can we push that a week? You know, I promise I'll be a lot better that week, you know, Um, which has been really freeing. And, um, And that sounds like I know people hear that and they go, oh, my gosh, that just sounds like so much work. It really, to me, it's it's the opposite. Like it's it's freeing. It allows me to know, oh, I'm gonna be. I know I'm gonna be on for that because of what phase in my cycle I'm in. Does that make sense? Yes, of course it makes sense to you. <laughs> yeah, it does, and I also understand that response of, oh God, that just sounds like way too much to manage. It sounds too complicated. It sounds like micromanaging. It's too hard. I also get. I understand that. I think what you what one notices quite quickly when you do begin to to cycle sync in this way is that as you say Jessica it is so freeing and it's so rewarding quite quickly it's what I love about menstrual cycle awareness is that it doesn't take a really long time to begin to implement actually once you start to to recognize that oh yeah if I'm recording a podcast I'm not going to do it on the first couple of days of my cycle when I'm bleeding I'm going to try and schedule that within this other two-week window that I have where I know I'll be more articulate and resilient and be able to you know switch it on and become more conversational so that takes far less energy ultimately because you're working with the natural rhythm of your body whereas if you scheduled it say for that first couple of days when you're bleeding or the last couple of days of your cycle before you start to bleed you're draining so much more energy and 
I just love how quickly people realize that and then they get you know just as you and I have done then it's down the rabbit hole and then it's you know it just becomes like a non-negotiable to live and work in that way within the realities of your life Mm, yeah absolutely what what happens to our bodies and our minds when we're stuck in one phase of the cycle yeah, so I, I would agree that as you described with birth control, you yeah, a lot of I hear that so often from women that they feel like they are just in this eternal autumn. Or for women who have irregular or really lengthy cycles, maybe if they have PCOS and they're not experiencing ovulation or really sporadic ovulation, they often feel like they're either in this really long spring or a really long autumn as well. Autumn often seems to be the sort of default season that people feel like they're experiencing. And, you know, it can be really tough. I had that, like I said, that 12 months of waiting for my cycle to return and feeling like I was in a bit of limbo and not not receiving the benefits of of experiencing all of those four seasons because there's you know it's like the seasons of the year imagine if we were always in this perpetual autumn or if we were in this perpetual summer it might seem okay for a while but over time we'll start to crave the other qualities you know if you're always in hot weather you will start to crave cooler weather and nights in that feel more cozy and a chance to rest and restore and press press pause and relax but if you're always in that dark winter phase as well then you know you're going to crave lightness we're we're cyclical beings whether we have a menstrual cycle or not right like we all have a 24-hour cycle we all live through the four seasons of the year we do appreciate on quite a like ancient cellular level I believe the importance of having these different seasons and moving through this creative process so I do think that I do think that over time um people can start to feel like they're lost at sea a little bit and so something that I often suggest to people who maybe are pregnant or postpartum who don't have a period right now or if they are experiencing any kind of amenorrhea or even menopausal women who are missing having that rhythm of their cycle is to borrow the lunar cycle because the lunar cycle mirrors the menstrual cycle. It's about 28, 29 days and it moves through that same death and rebirth cycle. So you've got the new moon, which is akin to menstruation, time for rest and setting intentions and pressing pause. And then you've got the waxing phases of the lunar cycle, which bring you up to the full moon, which is like the summer, the ovulatory phase and then waning back down again takes you through like akin to the autumn or the the premenstrual phases of the cycle and that's something I used in that year that I was waiting for my period to come back and it's something that I know a lot of menopausal women or women who are pregnant and missing having that that cycle to live by lean on as a framework and find a great deal of benefit in that. Sleeping with a Stranger is officially available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Since the book's launch, I've been amazed by how it's been received. From being named a bestseller by USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble, to incredibly personal and touching reviews from my amazing readers, it's been such a wild journey. Here's one of my favorite reviews. If you're even remotely on the fence about getting this book, just go ahead and purchase it. I promise you won't regret it. I normally don't write a lot of reviews, but in this case, it was a must. Jessica gives you a total glimpse into her and her family's life. She not only tells the story, but she tells it with a sense of humor while also being completely open and honest. I truly believe everyone can get something out of or relate to her story in some way. I honestly cannot emphasize just how much I loved this book. I will definitely be purchasing more to give to friends and family. I can't wait to share this story with you. To get your copy, go to jessicazimmerman.com today or wherever books are sold. And to make sure you get all my upcoming book tour updates, join the newsletter list now. So I know if I was listening right now, I would be thinking, okay, so you went off birth control well now and now you have this sex drive like what are you doing you know as a means of birth control mm-hmm. and that was a big question for me because i knew that i didn't want anything that 
had hormones in it. You know, I wanted something hormone free so that I could experience, um, you know, every, every phase of the cycle. And I went and I talked with my gynecologist and we talked about this one, I forget what it's called. I think it starts with a P, but there's, it's made of copper or something, but she said, um, it, I, I think it's the only one that's hormone free. I could be wrong about all this. I'm not, I'm not a doctor in any of this stuff, but she said, I'm not putting that in you. And I was like, why not? And um, she said, because I've put it in someone before and they have gotten pregnant anyway. Um, And so, and I am, and I always hate saying this because I know so many people deal with infertility and I never want to seem insensitive to that whatsoever, but I just always have to share my, you know, my truth and my experience. That's all I know to share. But I am, I, you know, Brian and I basically looked at each other and had three children. And so, um, I guess we are very fertile. And so she was like, I want to teach you how to do, you know, the nat- your a natural birth control where you track it and you use your temperature and you can totally do that. Um, and so that is what I've done now. I feel like even though it shouldn't be a privilege, I feel like it is a privilege that, that I've been educated about my cycle and that I have options, you know, but how can we make alternative birth control methods, you know, more accessible to everyone? And what do you, what do you hear in your, you know, when you're talking to women, like what's working? It's such a great question. And oh my gosh, imagine if we were empowered with the information of how to identify the fertile window when we were teens, um, just would be so Oh, so life-changing for so many people. And it's, I, I believe it's a human right to understand how our, our fertility yes. works. I just, it's shocking that it's still so unknown. Um, I completed my training just recently to become a natural fertility teacher and I never intended it to be the core of, of my work when I first started teaching menstrual cycle awareness because I was much more interested in you know optimizing the different phases for productivity and creativity and the things we've spoken about today. But as I've worked in this field, I have realized how little women understand of their fertility. And I've been using, like you have, uh, the temperature method and also charting cervical fluid now since I came off birth control. And that's been my only method of contraception and it's working and it's working <laughs> it's fine it's great you know it has an enormously high effective rate when it's used correctly and you can also use it in combination with a barrier method like um, condoms or a diaphragm if you choose to but oh gosh yeah it's it's a tricky one because it's not that marketable. There's no like right, exactly. <laughs> product or pill to sell. Um, well, I think you just nailed something right there. That's the thing is that, and I've learned this so much with just dealing with my husband's health. You know, he basically almost died because of all the pharmaceuticals that were given to him when really all he needed was to, you know, like remove gluten from his diet mm-hmm. and like add in some, you know, vitamin D, like more natural things. And I think that you just you hit the nail on the head. If it's not marketable, we don't hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it basically. And so getting this information out there, like I said, it feels like it needs to be a human, right? It should be taught in sexual health education in schools and it should just be available for every, for every menstruating person, for every woman to have, to have that information. I do think it's changing. I think that people are beginning to question hormonal contraception as more research comes out now that not, not only anecdotal, like your, your experience and my experience, but actual, you know, scientific studies that are showing the um, the detrimental health benefits, health effects of being on hormonal contraception. People are starting to ask questions and going to their GPs, like you did, Jessica, and asking those questions. Well, like what else is available? And feeling quite disheartened with the response. <laughs> there aren't that many options. And the, the coil that you um, that you described, or you know, inserting objects up into the cervix, uh, that doesn't appeal to a lot of people. And so. 
I just wish that that this the symptothermal method of fertility awareness, which is what I teach and what I use, I, I really would love to see it just integrated into our school systems. I wish that families had this understanding. So once somebody began bleeding, that they had they were empowered with that understanding that the female body is only fertile for around about five days every month. Mm-hmm. So. I certainly didn't have that understanding as a teenager. I thought I could get pregnant on any day and that's just, right. not, that's just not the case. So being able to identify your fertile window, whether for conception or contraception, to me just feels like basic knowledge that everybody should have. I have not yet um, gotten my hands on your book, but and maybe this is in there. I'm not sure. But I just remember when I was in – you know, third or fourth grade, my mom, God bless her, showing me a, you know, like a picture book of, you know, the birds and the bees, you know, how, how one has a baby. And, um, I almost feel like there's, there needs to be some kind of, uh, book or something, maybe you're working on this for teenagers, for young preteens or something that helps them learn. I mean, I, I want to talk to you that this is a question I have later on, but just about having a daughter and raising her and how we are, I mean, to be really honest, and some of you are going to want to change the channel once I say this, um, but I'm just really honest with Stella about everything. I mean, about everything, because I feel like if I am always truthful with her, she's always going to feel like, A, she can trust me and B, that she can tell me anything. And one day, I mean, she was young, gosh, three years old. And I, I was on my period and I was changing a tampon and she was like, what is that? You know, and I showed it to her and she just was like, oh, and I said, yeah, you know, one day, you know, when you're a little bit older, you'll bleed once a month. And this is, this is just part of it, you know, and everything. And she's like, oh, okay. And now she, at six, she knows this, you know, like she, so she's, it's not like one day she's going to hear about a period and be shocked. She's hearing about it as she grows up. But I wonder, you know, what, how I can teach a young child about, these four phases and all of this, like what, what advice do you have? Cause I know we have a lot of moms that are listening and I'm sorry if I just grossed anyone out. <laughs> I love, I love that you have that openness and that normality around menstruation in your household and in your conversations with your daughter. I think that's the first step so that when she does begin to bleed, it's not this huge shock. You know, I hear so often from women when we talk about, you know, reflecting on first periods, because I actually think it's really important to go back and look at early concepts and ideas about menstruation and what we were taught and how we were conditioned to view our period. And so often when women go back and they reflect, they tell me that they were just totally freaked out because they had no idea like they thought that they were dying because they were suddenly blood and blood's scary right and blood means something wrong and so to see blood in their underwear was like terrifying um and that shock you know that's that stays that stays with us as well so to for her I just love hearing that for your daughter to to be able to see what's going on with you and for you to say yeah this is something that's going to happen in your life I think that's a really beautiful first step I would say that once somebody does um you know once somebody does begin to menstruate like I said earlier I just would have loved to have received information and an understanding of those four phases and this is where I do I believe that the seasons analogy really comes into its own because it's such a brilliant way of explaining to somebody who has never had a menstrual cycle um, or will never have a menstrual cycle. Like it was really helpful for me explaining to my partner, for example, he's never going to have a menstrual cycle, but he can, he totally gets the seasons thing. Like that makes sense to his brain. Right. Right. I think that again, when we're teaching this to young people, like leaning on that framework of the seasons, and it's also just a beautiful way to explain this new, like this new menstrual rhythm that she's going to be moving into now for the next, what, like 30, years of her life so I think that lean on that seasons analogy like talk about the winter talk about the spring and the summer and the autumn it might help to speak a little to hormones but I think often you know just using that 
that season's analogy really helps someone to not only understand what's going on in their body, but also to celebrate and to feel good about it. Like it's a, it's a good, beautiful thing to be in alignment with nature in that way. It's not something that she has to feel burdened by or afraid about. I think that the seasons are just such a powerful way of getting that message across. Do you, you talk about charting your cycles and I think, you know, Again, we don't want to add a lot of work to anybody's already, you know, full plate. But what, how important is that to you? And, and how important is that to teach our daughters? Yeah, charting is is the first step. Definitely. Awareness is always number one, right? Whenever we're trying to to learn something new. And so charting is the backbone of this work and it really does need to be daily and it does need to take up a lot of time. All it is, is checking in every day with whatever day of your cycle you're on. And just to be clear, day one of your cycle is that first day of full blood flow. So we might get a bit of spotting before we start bleeding. That doesn't count. It's that first day of bleeding, full flow. That's day one. And then we just count forward from there. And the last day of your menstrual cycle is the day before you start bleeding again. So once you get your period, that's the brand new cycle, day one. So to figure out where you are today, all you need to do is look back to the date of your last period on the first day of of your period is day one and then you just count forward and figure out what you are today so when we're charting really all it is is just every day checking in what day am I on today making a few notes in a journal or a period tracking app or a cycle chart and just like how's my physical energy today how um how's my mental health today what's going on for me emotionally how do I feel how connected spiritually do I feel what's my libido like my sleep just anything that you feel is worth noting making a note of that and every day just a couple of words is enough and over time over a number of cycles and it usually just takes two or three cycles to begin to see these patterns emerging in terms of teaching this to our our children our daughters like that is that is such a beautiful practice to give somebody to say hey every day you're just going to check in see how you're feeling make a note on this cycle chart or calendar or in your journal and over time you're going to get to not only notice these patterns but get to know more about who you are as a woman and and how your energy fluctuates and oh gosh what I would do to be able to go back and give that to my teenage self Oh, I feel the same way. I think it's such a gift to, and and so fascinating to educate yourself about yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, the more we can, the more we can know, I just think the better we can be. So do you ever get tired of talking about this? (laughs) You You get asked these questions all the time. I think, God bless her heart. She just has to answer the same things over and over again. I I love the basics of this work. You know, the foundation foundations of this work is so important and and with the book that's what I I decided to do I really had to check my ego a few times to be honest with you Jessica I don't know if you relate with your own with your own writing but I I kept finding myself like jumping too far ahead and talking about concepts that are more advanced you know in in inverted commas there that advanced and Mm -hmm. what I just kept having to remind myself and had other people you know remind me was that I needed to, to make it simple and strip it back and just go back to the absolute basics of cycle charting because that's that's the big work like it is in the the basics and it is just in the daily practice of charting a cycle every day those couple of words checking in to see how you feel and just taking time to observe these patterns and making these simple shifts in your life like that truly is enough yes if you want to dive deeper you can Um, and I'm always happy to take people on that journey as well but I am always really happy to talk about the basics because that is the like that is the yeah, that's the really groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. I have to I have to say thank you to you because when I started following you, you did something or you shared something that completely changed my outlook on bleeding. Because I always looked at that time as just this like, oh, when is this going to be over with, you know, kind of time. And to be honest, when I was on birth control for all those years, it wasn't very long. It was a couple of days, you know, and then you're done. But watching you and what you shared, it totally shifted the way that I look at that time. And now, you know, what I do is I... Uh, you know, you use red sheets. Mm. Uh, you put red sheets on the bed when when you are are bleeding. And what I do is I wear red pajamas. And 
totally inspired by you, obviously, but I wear red pajamas. And one of the things that I think that does is it helps show my family that mom is bleeding right now. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to go into detail about it, but like everyone knows, you know, um, my husband will, if he sees me buying, uh, if he sees me in those red pajamas, he does our grocery shopping. He will buy. I had, I had shared with him how rose and lavender, you know, and all of that is really helpful. Once again, learn from you. And he will, he will buy a dozen red roses. And so for those few days, I get to put those rose petals in the bathtub with me. I get to put, you know, rose salt and lavender oil. Now he's, he's a keeper, I'm telling you, but I mean, even if I didn't have him, that could be something that I could do to prepare because if I'm charting and I'm looking, I know it's coming. And, you know, a couple days before I could go buy myself that, um, you know, but it's a way to just kind of, and it's also a time that I'm able to black block out my calendar. And now I know that not everyone has that freedom and I get that, but I, you know, you can block out, like you were saying earlier, other responsibilities. Like, um, you know, maybe you don't go to a PTA meeting or maybe you say no to bringing a dish to the whatever fundraiser or something on those days and you just do the work you have to do. And then you come home and you put on your pajamas. And those are the days that I get to read a book all day long or binge binge watch a show that I've been wanting to 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 see or something. But it's really kind of a, a couple of days where I get to just fully invest in resting and doing what I want to do. Oh, even just hearing you describe that, I can feel my whole body relaxing just listening to you talk about the just the value of resting and the value of honoring that time and bringing your partner and your family along on that journey. It's modeling to them as well. Like every single human being needs to rest and needs to take time for themselves. And what a like what a gorgeous example to be giving to your kids and I love, I really love hearing that so much. I love the red pajamas. Well, I, I have you to thank for that because I mean, I, I never viewed it as a, as a kind of a gift to yourself and that mm-hmm. this, this bleeding is actually a, a beautiful thing. I never viewed it that way until I started following you and, and it really shifted my perspective and it, and it honestly as a mother made me think, wow, I need to be an example because not only am I raising a daughter, I'm raising two sons mm-hmm. who know, one day may choose to marry women or be with women and, and this will be happening. And how do they, how do I want them to understand their partner? How do I want them to, uh, or they may have a daughter one day, you know what I mean? Just all those things. And I want them to see, that's why I had to talk really openly with my husband so he could see how to, you know, to treat me so that be an example for those boys. And so again, it's not, it's not that there's this big, Hey, mom's on her period. You know, it's not that it's just, Oh, mom's in her red pajamas. So she's going to be in bed a little more today. You know, I don't know. That's such a great example. I'm going to borrow that and share that with other moms in my life who often ask me that question because it is one I get a lot and I don't currently have children. So I need, I need to hear stories like that because it's so helpful for other mums. In particular, we'll take it our, and use it. Yeah, mums do so much, and there is just so much responsibility. And you know, that's you, it's nonstop, right? Like you've got tiny humans who who really need you. And what I love the stories, like the one you've just shared, of really bringing your family along with you on that journey. And maybe it's also quiet time for everybody else too. You know, rather than expecting ourselves to be in that superwoman mother energy all of the time maybe on those like red pajama days it is a bit more chill and the energy of the house you know things everybody comes down a, a bit of a notch too yes. and plan like high energy stuff um again I can only speak from stories that I've heard from other mums but I do hear that that does work too like bringing your whole family with you like on on that menstrual cycle journey and the changing energies I'm I'm not saying it's going to work 100% of the time, but at least, you know, experiment with, with how that works for you and your family. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so summer 2019, imagine me waking up at 5 a.m., taking my kids to the gym while I work out with my trainer, going to the pool, playing blocks on the living room floor, and then wham, totally out of energy by 4 p.m., crawling into bed in my Christmas pajamas. I was already doing all the energy-boosting things I could think of. Then my nutritionist told me about Bee Powered from Beekeepers Naturals. I just take a spoonful of the Bee Powered Superfood Honey every morning, and I'm not kidding. I see a huge difference. I know not everyone can have a nutritionist, but anyone can get this superfood honey, and I'm making it even more accessible for you. If you use the link in my show notes or simply go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B, you'll get 15% off your order from Beekeepers Naturals. So if you're a tired entrepreneur or foggy-brained parent, you need this stuff. Again, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. Can we talk just a second before I let you go? Can we talk just a second about your favorite products like uh, menstrual cups, reusable pads? Do you ever use tampons? Um, Like, are there apps that you use? Yeah, great question. I haven't used uh, a tampon or really any disposable menstrual products now for probably about five years or so. And look, for some people, they love them, it works for them and it's convenient and I get that. Um, And for others, it's just also a more accessible option. I personally really love using a menstrual cup and period underwear and reusable pads that I can wash because it feels it feels really empowering to me to not create a lot of waste every time I bleed and to be able to connect with my blood in a bit more of a visceral way again that might seem weird or a bit like strange to some people to see their blood and to see the quantity and the consistency and whether there's clotting or not but what I again often hear from people who start to use a menstrual cup is that they realize that actually their blood's not gross or shameful or dirty or weird like it's just blood and it's oh it's it's totally fine and even that can really shift the relationship that we have with menstruation because there is often this stigma around menstrual blood and then when we start using a cup and naturally you know see the blood in a way that you don't see it with a tampon or a sanitary pad then there is this like internal shift around around our blood. So I actually really like using a cup. It's also been helpful for me. I've been working on my thyroid health for the past couple of years with a naturopath. And so it's been helpful for me to be able to share with her the changes in the quantity of my blood and clotting and the color because that directly relates to thyroid health. And so it is also a really useful indicator of, of health and it's a great feedback system from your body to menstrual blood. So I love my cup, love my reusable pads and period under. I, um, what are period undies? I've never heard of these. Oh, really? Okay. So um, essentially they are underwear that you wash that have like inbuilt um, lining that soak up menstrual blood just as like a reusable pad would. And oh, soak nice. the blood when you're bleeding. Yeah, so you just free bleed into the underwear and then once they're once they're done you just wash them throw them in the machine yeah and then and wear them again and um I love them they're great yeah they're great you can use them with a cup if you want like a backup for your cup if you're maybe out for the day and you're on like a heavy day but I use them yeah I use them just on their own and and they're fantastic no leaks or or anything they're great yeah so I changed to a cup after following you and seeing you talk about it and it is I have it's so much more comfortable I mean it takes a second to get used to but it's like it's so much more comfortable than a tampon they definitely help a lot with cramping because tampons sit so high in the vagina that that can often lead to more cramping and so menstrual cups can definitely help with period cramps and they actually hold more blood than a tampon does anyway so you can leave them in for longer you don't have the same issues with toxic shock syndrome that some tampons can have so they don't affect the ph of your vagina in the same way tampons do there are definitely benefits but like you say it does take a little bit of practice to get used to using a cup and i am you know i'm not going to lie i've had a couple of experiences of not quite being able to to easily get it out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but you know in, in that's life, one thing I think about with, with my daughter is I'm like 
gosh, I don't think I can teach the cup right out of the gate. You know, <laughs> if she's like 12 or 13, I'm like, cause that, that thing, you need to be home. And you, I can't, I can't even imagine being in like a school stall or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it does take a little bit of practice, but I have to say in the five years I've been using it, there's two instances I can think of that were a little bit. <laughs> right. Sure. But other than that, you know, it's, it's been great. And in terms of apps, I really like the app Clue for tracking where I am in my cycle and for making like really basic observations. I think it's a good, clean app and it's, it's easy to use. And um, I it's super that. easy. Yeah. yeah, I use that one too. I, I believe I learned about it from you, but I was just going to share with the listeners that what, what Claire was talking about earlier about, you know, just checking in every day. How am I feeling? Do I, you know, what's my energy? What's my sex drive like? You know, all that. This Clue app, basically has all those things right there and you can just click on them. Yeah. And so you can be like, today I'm feeling this, 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 and this, and then it's done. And then the next day you just click. So it's really easy. It's really easy. And it helps to prompt like those, those like observations there in the app do help you to think of like, what should I be making observations of today? So they prompt you to think about, yeah, how is my digestion today? How many hours did I sleep last night? What is my libido like today? The one thing I will say about Clue is important to be mindful of that it's not a fertility tracking app. And so while it does have the fertile window there on, on the Clue app, that yeah, it's you really need to be checking in with your body's own fertile signs on a daily basis because we can't always we can't predict ovulation in, in the way that the app does try to. So I do always make it really clear to people like use it for charting how you feel, but don't rely on it for contraception. And they are clear about that too. They say that it shouldn't be used for contraception. That you need to be using a, a different method for actually charting your body's signs every day. But yeah, Clue is a fantastic app, and um, I'm always really happy to support their work. They're doing really great work around menstrual research too. That's so good. I have the most random question um, just because I was buying a piece of art the other day from an artist and she has all of these, she does like textile work and she takes fabric and she, they look like these amazing works of art on canvas. And there's this one that I'm like, that looks just like a vagina. Like it's all white, like all of her artwork, it's all white canvas. And she sometimes how does these textures. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can buy that one because it looks just like a vagina. Do you have people that send you artwork of, of, of vaginas or of blood or red stuff. Amazing. I have had um, some stickers sent to me before that were so cute, like of ovaries and a uterus and some pencils that had like, um, like always for ovaries and lady time and stuff on the pencils, which I absolutely love. And definitely people are always sending me articles and like cool period products and things that are coming out, which I just love. It's, it's so, it's so cool at the moment. Um, I'm getting a lot lot of things sent to me over my Instagram DMs about New Zealand who have just implemented a um, period poverty uh, strategy in all of their schools so that young girls can get free period products in school. So people are always sending me great stuff like that. And yeah, I love it. Although I would like some more like vagina artwork in the mail. That's something I should put out there. Oh, you should just put it out there. there. <laughs> this stuff exists. It exists. We yeah. need to just send you some. I would love um, And you always are sharing really cool graphics on your Instagram and stuff too. There's so. incredible artists out there making such awesome, like feminine powered work and womb work. It's, yeah, it's, I love Instagram for that, being able to find these incredible artists that are really celebrating that, that feminine energy and celebrating these, these parts of our, our body that have been, yeah, mostly shamed for a very yeah. long time, right? Instagram can get a really bad rep, but I, I mean, this is a great example. I mean, just following you and you didn't know this, this, this is why, I mean, you just never know the impact you're having on someone else, but I mean, it is, it has changed just following you and, and seeing how you track your cycle and how you share about it has changed my perspective, the way I treat myself, the way that my family responds to it, the way they will grow up. I mean, just think of that, you know, the impact that you're having on not just some people, but then the generations to come. I think it's really, really incredible. So I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, I have a final question and I ask everyone this question because I always think it's fun. Um, 
So if you had Oprah's money, so billions of dollars, right? What would you spend it on? Because it has to, but it has to be completely selfish, mm. like not for anyone else, just for you, just frivolous, something just for you. Oh, that's such a good question. Oh my gosh. I would, I would buy myself a tree house in like the Scottish Highlands or Norway or something like that, where I could go when I had my period and I would go there and there would be a fully stocked fridge full of like amazing nourishing food. I wouldn't have to cook anything. I could just have baths and there would be red bed sheets and I'm going to take red pajamas now as well laid out for me. (laughs) And it would just be fully set up as this beautiful like period retreat that I could just go to by myself and be on my own and not have to look at my inbox or attend to anybody else every month and it would just it would just be there all the time that I could just retreat to and and fully surrender and relax and take care of myself when I'm bleeding that's what I would spend that money on that is the best answer that is I love that that is the best answer I've actually been to the Scottish Highlands it's so beautiful it's so gorgeous oh where, where are you right now are you in London yeah oh yeah London and you spent some time in Australia last year right yeah, I spent the summer at home in Australia, which was, yeah, really special, really nice to be with family, but London is home right now. Gotcha. Well, good. Well, hey, I can't thank you enough for spending this time and just educating us on on the menstrual cycle and just cycle awareness. I'm so, so grateful. Um, can you just let everyone know where we can find you and where we can learn more from you and where we can buy your book? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I've learned I've learned a lot in this in this conversation. I really appreciate your your sharing. I am always hanging out over on Instagram, as you said. So if anybody wants to come and check in with their cycle with me over there, then I'm at underscore Claire Baker, C L A I R E B A K E R underscore at um, on Instagram and otherwise at clairebaker.com you can find a free class on how to start charting your cycle I've got online courses that you can take if you want to go further into cycle syncing and all of the info on my book is there as well otherwise local booksellers will be able to order the book in too so it's called 50 things you need to know about periods and it will be out in the U.S. from the 8th of September in 2020 and available everywhere. That's amazing. That's really great, Claire. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on on everything. And just uh, also just taking something that you're you were curious in and and being brave enough to, you know, make a living out of it because I think that that's incredible. It's such a blessing. It really is. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so so much. Claire, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us so many incredible tools for understanding our cycles, reevaluating how we talk about menstruation with our kids, and alternatives to hormonal birth control methods if that's what we want to explore. I want to challenge you in the next few weeks to pay attention to your own emotions, hormonal changes, and cycle. Find a scrap of paper, your planner, or a Google Doc and take some notes about how you feel each day. Give yourself permission to listen to what your body needs during each phase in your cycle. Your body is smart, and I know from the past 18 months of charting my cycle that life is fuller and more beautiful when you allow yourself to lean into each of the four seasons. If you made it to this point in the podcast, you powered through the awkwardness. Great job. I'll be back next week, not talking about periods, but I'll be here on Zimmerman Podcast.